When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. Welcome to In the Trenches. I'm your host, John Jansen. In the Trenches is designed to take you behind the scenes and tell the stories of our student-athletes, coaches, and teams. We'll talk about the great history and traditions we have here at Michigan and why we love them so much. You'll hear from the student-athletes themselves, as well as coaches, alumni, and fans. I'll do my best to bring to life Yost and his point-a-minute teams, Bump Elliott and how we prepared a team for a guy named Schembechler to dismantle Ohio State in 1969, Lloyd Carr's championship run, and everything in between. There will be post-game analysis as well as a look ahead at upcoming opponents. This will include a little chalk talk and film breakdown. I'll always save a little time for an occasional story from my experiences and maybe even some life advice. Make sure you subscribe to In the Trenches. And if we have breaking news or special editions, you'll want to make sure you are the first to know. Without further ado, here's the first edition of In the Trenches. Let's go In the Trenches with John Jansen. The former Wolverines captain and Michigan Sports Hall of Famer will take you inside the locker room with players and coaches. I want to win at Michigan, and uh, this is my last year to do it, so I'm excited. We don't have a lot of little boys around here. We, you know, some growing dogs. No other program in this country can say that. They may play one or two powerhouses, but we play a variety. He'll open his eyes real wide, you know, stare at everyone, and uh, he just yells, smash anything that moves. Once again, here's John Jansen. The long offseason is almost over. New strength and conditioning coach Ben Herbert is putting the finishing touches on the players. They'll have a few days off, and then practice begins August 3rd. We'll hear from a few of our players in just a moment, but I'd also like to hear from you. I want to know what's on your mind. Do you have questions you'd like answered or a comment you'd like heard? You can reach me via Twitter at johnjansen 77 by email Michigan Wolverines Radio at gmail.com or by text 734 
1760. Again, Twitter is at John Jansen 77. Email me at Michigan Wolverines Radio at gmail.com or send me a text at 734 328 1760. I mentioned we'd have a few players, and I caught up with three seniors that represented Michigan football at the Big Ten Media Days in Chicago. Defensive end Chase Winovich will tell us what it's like to play for Coach Harbaugh and shares a story about the motivational capabilities of defensive coordinator Don Brown. Safety Tyree Cannell shares what it's like to play with all the talent on the defensive side of the ball. But we'll start on offense with a guy that looks at the schedule and says it's a major reason he came to Michigan. Here is running back Karan Higdon. Karan Higdon has joined me on In the Trenches. Karan, you've been chosen as one of the three guys, one of the three student athletes to represent Michigan and Michigan football at the Big Ten Media Days in Chicago. Uh, what's that mean to you to have coach say you're going to represent Michigan football? It's definitely a blessing being able to be one of the three guys to go out there and represent this team and the identity of this team and be a leader and have my guys look up to me, watch what I say, and really just represent the team is a pure blessing. When you look at this football season, you look back at the, to the offseason and your three years ahead of time. I mean, how excited are you to finally put the pads on, get to training camp, and get this season going? I'm more pumped up than I ever have been. We've had a great strength and coach, great strength and conditioning coach come in and, you know, prepare us very well this offseason. And it's been great working with them, bonding with the team, growing with the team, and just seeing how far we've come is, is exciting. Now, you, you brought up the strength and conditioning coach. Ben Herbert um, came from Arkansas, was at Wisconsin in the Big Ten. And you also have a brand-new weight room. Talk a little bit about the weight room, and then we'll get into what Coach Herbert has done for you guys this offseason. The culture is changing. Guys are going in there, being excited to be in there, you know, seeing all the great things that we have and that we're being able to bless with and work with. It's empowering within itself. Going in that huge weight room and running up the hill, lifting those weights and doing those pull-ups and chin-ups. It's a great feeling when you have the pure beauty around you. When you look at the weight room or you think about what you've done over the last you know, four or five months with, with Coach Herbert, is there, is there one thing that you've done or one exercise when, when you graduate and you leave that you say, I'm never going to do again? No, <laughs> no, because each and every one means something. Each and every rep means something. And each and everything we've done this all season has been for a purpose. And you feel that purpose, you see that purpose, whether it's when you first do it or when you're finished doing it, you see exactly why you're doing it, and that's the great thing about it. Great. Well, I tell you what, when I was playing, we did, we had this exercise called negative chins. Ah, uh, yeah. You, you guys do those? <laughs> we do do those. Oh, and you still want to do them when I you're done? I still want to do them. In fact, we, we get up there and we'll hold chins with our shoulders touching for 40 seconds. Man, I tell you what, that's I, I don't I don't want any part of that, especially now now that I'm I'm, I'm severely retired. But uh, when you look back over your time here in Ann Arbor, the last three years, what are your thoughts about about those three years and, and what you guys have done on the football field and off? It's been a journey. I've been able to be a part of some great guys and great teams. And my first two years, we went ten and three. Last year, we went eight and five. And I've been able to see the adjustments that we've been that's been made. I've been able to see the leadership guys had, and being able to carry that over the things I I did like and didn't like into my senior year, and you know lead these younger guys. I'm excited for it. I've heard the words national championship, and I've heard them from you. Uh huh. What do you have to do? We we know that you've had this great off season work. You've got the new strength and conditioning coach. You had a good spring ball. 
Um, what do you have to do moving forward now, getting to training camp, and then opening up the season with Notre Dame to make that a reality? Carry over. Carry over everything we've done this offseason, all the hard work we put in, all the team bonding we put in, and translate that into camp, that mentality of coming in ready to grind each and every day. We've got to translate that. Then when we go to South Bend, we got to win. <laughs> we got to put those those thoughts and those actions into action and be able to walk out there with a W, and that'll be our first step to the national championship. When you think about going to South Bend, and I, I get all excited because it's 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 a great tradition. It's it's some people can say it's a rivalry or not, um, but it's two great programs that are playing against each other, and and you're going to South Bend. What would it mean to be able to walk in there and then walk out with a win? When I look at when I look at it that way, I think that we should take it as any other game. I think we should stay. I, I got a wristband on and it says "humble over hype," and I think being humble about that win and getting ready to prepare for our next week is the way we should walk out of there. I think when you have the attitude of celebrating like we've done something, I think that doesn't do us any justice. We haven't done anything yet except for win one game. We got to win the next week and the next week and the next week until we're holding up that trophy. Now you've had some changes in the in the coaching staff, mainly on offense. Um, when you last year were playing Florida and Dallas, and you hear Coach Muschamp talk about his guys and 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 talk about Michigan, and and some of them probably weren't flattering comments. Now all of a sudden he comes and he's on the staff. How do you rationalize that as a player, somebody that's going to play for him, and how do you rationalize that as a guy that's now on staff here at Michigan? It's business. It's, it's strictly business, and being here these past three years and going on my fourth year, I've learned that, that everything that happens at this level is strictly business. You can't, you know, take anything to heart, and you got to be able to change and adapt. The great ones do, so that's the mindset I try and encompass. What has Coach Muschamp brought to the offensive meeting room, and, and what has he meant to the preparations getting ready for 2018? Coach Mack, he's – um. He's done a lot of great things. You know, he brings a different culture. He brings a lot of excitement. He's very relatable. He's easy to talk to, and he pushes guys, and that's something that I love about him. Now, you've also got a new offensive line coach in the room, and, and we know offensive line coaches all have a different personality, but there's <laughs> all some, some common things that they have. What has Coach Warner brought, and what have you seen from the guys up front, maybe in spring ball, that was different from the previous three years that you've been here? Coach Warner is very relaxed. He's very relaxed, and he makes things very simple and easy for the offensive linemen to understand, which entail makes it easier for the guys around them to understand. And that's the biggest thing, you know, the guys up front, they're learning things in a simplistic way, and it's, it's comprehensive, and you're seeing it translate in their style of play. You've seen a couple different styles of offense. I know Coach Harbaugh has been here, but you had Coach Drevno, and, and it seems like over the last couple of years there's been a different identity every year. What do you want the identity of the offense to be in 2018? Whatever we can encompass the best. I think that we got a diverse amount of quarterbacks, and you're going to have to find a way to get some of them on the field. And with that, you know, you never know what can happen. So being able to adapt and change and meet the requirements of our quarterback, I think, will be the best thing for us. You've got some different talents in that quarterback room. And obviously, Shea Patterson, Shea Patterson is in there. What has he brought, maybe from, from his experiences before at different stops, um, to the huddle uh, or to your offense? He's very vocal, and he's able to keep plays alive. I think that's the beauty of a lot of things that he do does um he's able to keep 
you know, the plays going. Even when things break down, he'll make something happen. And that's that's a great thing. And there's a lot of competition in that room. And, and I know that Coach hasn't hasn't picked a starter. And I'm not going to ask you to pick a starter. Sure. But what are the different styles? Okay, you've got – you've talked about uh, uh, Shea Patterson. Now about Brandon Peters. How have you seen him grow from getting some starts last year, um, playing in spring ball? And, and how do you see him progressing into this season? He's very comfortable. Obviously, he's still learning at the quarterback position. you got to continue to learn, continue to watch film, and just continue to know what other guys are going to do around you. But you can definitely see that confidence within him. Um, he's very poised and relaxed, and he'll, he'll stand in that pocket and make great plays. So it's great watching him as well, you know. And you've got a couple other guys that, that haven't been on the field, and Dylan McCaffrey, who's a, a talented quarterback, and Joe Milton. Uh, and there's other guys that I'm not mentioning in that room, but when you see a guy like Joe Milton come in as an early enrollee, and, and he's, what is he, 6'4", 6'5", looks like he's about 245, 250. You know, you're, you're looking at a, a Cam Newton uh, mm-hmm. type of athlete. What did you see from him in the spring? Man, he, he's way above his time, and that's like, I, I love, you know, Joe Milton. We talk a lot. I mess with him all the time, and, you know, to see the way he came in and he handled this spring was completely mind-blowing, and I think he's going to have a great career here at Michigan, and he's definitely going to go down as one of the best quarterbacks. When you sit at home and you relax, and we all have dreams. I had dreams of playing in the NFL. I had dreams of, of pancaking guys. If you were designed to design one play, and it was the perfect play for Karan Higdon. What what would that play be, and how would it look? You want to know the outcome? Uh, well, I know what the outcome's going to be. <laughs> I know the outcome's going to be a touchdown and a celebration. But I want to know. I mean, is it is it? Do you like running to the outside? Do you like running right up the middle? Do you want to? I mean, are you going to make a guy miss? Maybe run a guy over? I mean, take me through that that whole ninety-eight yard touchdown run. Yeah, that ninety-eight touchdown run. I think. You know, it's very easy to go outside and outrun people and hit it down the sideline. That's easy to do. I think the beauty of plays and the things that separate running backs is when you're able to run up the middle, whether it's an inside zone or maybe a, a power, a gap scheme, and you make a couple guys miss, spin off a couple guys, run somebody over, stiff arm another one, spin off another one, and hit down the sideline. <laughs> yeah, now, now we're getting somewhere. This is, this is good stuff. All right, um, now – Last year, 994 yards. Now, I know you went over 1,000, but there was some lost yardage plays, so you came up six yards shy of 1,000. What would it mean for you? I mean, the last guy to do it was Fitz Toussaint. Last running back was Fitz Toussaint in 2011. What would it mean for you to be a 1,000-yard back? Knowing how last year went, I feel like I left a lot on the field within those four yards. So this whole offseason, that's been – Nothing but more than on my mind. And I've been trying to, well, I definitely have been, you know, seizing each and every moment and every every single opportunity. And to achieve a 1,000-yard mark is going to be very satisfying for me because I feel like I picked up from last year. What's going to be the overachieving mark is going, is surpassing that 1,000-yard, maybe into the 1,200, 1,300-yard category. Well, as an offensive lineman, I, I'd love to hear that because that's, that means more victories. It means more time of possession. It, means more th- it gives Michigan an advantage. Um, and, uh, you know, when you look at what you did last year, you had two games that you were right at 200 yards, Minnesota and uh, I think it was Indiana. What was different or what, what, what happened in those games that allowed you to get that 200 yards? I think those games, it's all credit to my O-line. Those guys clicked. 
like I've never seen them click before. And that's the beauty of things when we're running a gap scheme or we're running plays where the old linemen are confident in. And those guys can lock up side to side and say, I'm going to kick your ass to the defender and do that and allow me to do my job. That's the beauty of it all. And I can't do nothing more but give credit to those guys. When you talk about your running back room, there's a lot of talent in there. There's a lot of young talent in there. Tell me about some of the guys in that room and the competition that goes on in the running back room. Day in and day out, we're competing. Whether you're the starting running back, fourth string, fifth string, you're not playing. Each and every guy knows when they step out on that field with myself, with Chris, guys like True, Omar, everybody's competing. Because at the end of the day, regardless if I go down, knock on wood, Chris goes down, knock on wood, somebody has to go in there and be able to duplicate what we're able to do. So the only way to do that is to hold each and every one of us to a high standard and come in day in and day out and grind. And you mentioned True Wilson, the walk-on running back, and, and Coach had talked about possibly putting him at the depth chart at about number three. And, and again, we don't know where the depth chart is going to play out as, the, as you know, fall camp starts and finishes, but what did you see from him that, that Coach saw? True is a resilient guy. He's very resilient. He's very determined. And to see the progression that he's made from last year to this year has been completely amazing. Last year, I knew he had talent. He knew he had talent. It was just the fact of being consistent and making him stand out from everybody else. This year, he came in on a mission, and he completely did that. And there was nothing that was going on that held him back from doing that. And he was able to show himself as an elusive talent, as a pure talent, and make an impression on coach. Now, you, you talked a little bit before about a national title run. And first, I want to talk about, we, you know, you're going to have to get a Big Ten title to make that happen. What would it mean to get to Indianapolis for this Michigan football team? I think getting to Indianapolis would definitely open up a lot of guys' eyes and show, hey, this is real. Because clearly that means we did everything right. You know, since – Notre Dame leading up to Ohio State, we clearly did everything we had to do and left it all out on the field. And stepping in onto that pedestal would definitely show those guys that, hey, this is real. We can achieve it. We got one more game. Let's win it. And you talked about Ohio State there. And, and one, of the thing, one of the things that the critics are saying is you got to go to Notre Dame. You got to go to Michigan State. You got to go to Ohio State. You got three tough road games. You've got Penn State at home. You've got Wisconsin at home. Nebraska has Scott Frost. A lot of critics are saying it's just too much. You know, Michigan is probably going to be better this year, but it's too much. What do you say to those critics? That's the same thing they said when we won the national title last time. It was too much for Lloyd Carr, and he did the damn thing. So, I mean, I'm not saying that we're just like that team or better than that team. But at the end of the day, we handle our business each and every week. Those same critics will be the same ones saying that, hey, Michigan has a chance. That's a great team. You know, they'll be on our bandwagon. So, Well, as a member of that last team, exactly. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tell you what, you know, we, we listen to guys talk about me. The, the M stood for mediocre. And it, it just it was one of those things at the end, at the end of the year, where you didn't want to rub it in any, anybody's face. You just said, hey, we, we did our business. And every one of those guys, I can guarantee you, is hoping that you guys are better than that 97 team because that's progress. That's what we want from Michigan football. Um, and 
one of the reasons I came to Michigan and one of the reasons that 97 team came to Michigan is because we had a chance to play in those big games. What does it mean for you um, to have that opportunity? I mean, it's uh, we already said it. It's at Notre Dame. Right. It's at Michigan State. It's at Ohio State. What could you – you couldn't draw up or dream anything better. You can't. You can't. That's one of the beauties of going to a place like the University of Michigan. What other program has the opportunity to play the big-time contenders like Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan State, Ohio State, powerhouses, and we get a chance to go in there and, and beat them? No other program in this country can say that. They may play one or two powerhouses, but – we play a variety, and that's the beauty of being champions at the University of Michigan. All right, I want to. I want you to fill in the blank, and it could be one word, it could be a statement, it could be a, a, a you know five minute monologue, whatever you want. If I did blank, it gives Michigan the best chance to win. My job. Easy enough. <laughs> my job. Easy enough. If I do my job, and that's run hard each and every game. Make sure I dominate each and every game. That gives us the best chance to win the national championship. Now, as a freshman, you ran out of the tunnel and you're in the you know the back of the group, and it means something special every time you run out. And the first time, tell me just a little bit if you can remember back three years ago what it felt like to finally run out of the tunnel uh, and and touch that banner. My first game, man, I was shaking. I was so nervous and shook and just shocked and running out that tunnel, touching that banner and just looking up and just seeing a hundred thousand different heads. <laughs> it's <laughs> an amazing cameras, sight, isn't it? Plus cameras flying around the stadium. It was something I've never seen before, a feeling I've never had before. And it was like, I just won the lottery. Now, okay, let's fast forward. You're a sophomore, you're a junior, now you're a senior. You're going to be at the front of the group. You're going to be leading that team out. What does it mean to you now? Is it, is it a little bit different? Is there more to it? Or, or how do you think you'll feel the first time you run out in 2018 and hit that banner? I think for my freshman year, I was excited for myself. My senior year, I'm excited for the University of Michigan as a whole. And excited to have the opportunity to play for this great university, play alongside my brothers, and make a statement. And I think the biggest thing coming out this year is knowing that I'm one game down from it being my last game at the University of Michigan. So making sure I seize each and every one of those moments and cherish each and every one of those moments and every game dominate and leave a statement on the field is the only thing going through my head. When you get back from Chicago, you're going to have a few days off before you start training camp. What, what are you going to do to relax or, or how do you prepare in those last few days for the grind ahead? Step away. Sometimes you got to lose something to realize how much it means to you. Some guys overload themselves and completely bash in their head and try and force it. I don't want to force it. I want to just let it happen. So I'm going to step back, get my mind off of it, relax, come August 3rd, and be on a mission. Well, I know what that mission is going to be, and, uh, and I appreciate you spending some time with me today and uh, enjoy your time off. And, uh, and when you hit that ground running, I, I know it's going to be exciting. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing what you do in 2018 yes, uh, as an individual, and I'm looking forward to seeing what what's this team in 2018 is, is going to bring. I think there's going to be a lot of, a lot of wide eyes going. Yeah. That's impressive. I so, agree. I agree, man. Thank you. Good luck, and thanks for spending some time with me. Yes, sir. Thank you.
Chase Winovich joins me on In the Trenches. Thanks for coming on. Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. We're going to head to Chicago. I know you've got to be excited about the football season. It's the kickoff for the media. We get a finally a chance to talk about football and what's going to really happen. We come back. You're going to have five, six, seven days off. What are you going to do to get ready for the football season? That's the thing is like as you go along with this process, I, I feel like you learn uh, from your mistakes. You know, if you're, uh, you know, then at that point it's not a mistake. And going to my sophomore year, I actually went to Punta Cana because we had a week off right before camp. And uh, I just felt like I was underprepared in the long run for camp. And uh, this year I, I plan to correct those errors. And ideally, I'm going to be training somewhere, whether it's, uh, it's you know, maybe potentially out in California because I might be going out there to work a camp or uh, or maybe even just back in Pittsburgh. But ideally, I like to uh, just to, you know, kind of cruise into it as uh, Coach Harbaugh puts it. So, Well, talking about cruising into it, we come back from the bowl game and we've got a new strength and conditioning staff. We've got a lot of decisions to make, and you had a big decision. Yeah. Talk about your decision to come back. Yeah, that's the thing. It was like, for me, um, you know, there was options and uh, I kind of had that, uh, you know, evaluations that I wanted from the NFL, the feedback and, uh, you know, on paper, you know, everything looks great. Uh, but when you, you know, you really look inside and into yourself and, uh, you know, ask your ask Chase Winovich what he wants to do and, you know, what does your heart say? And uh, honestly, my heart just you know, wouldn't let me leave. It loves this place, loves this institution, loves the people, loves, the, you know, my teammates and the coaches and the fans. Um, and I'm honestly blessed and, and lucky to come back for another year. So, and, and we know the obvious about, you know, beating Ohio State, Michigan State, Notre Dame, uh, you know, uh, Big Ten titles, all those things, I'm sure, are part of the reason when you came back. But when you talk to those NFL guys or you got the reports, were there some things that you thought, I could really improve my game if I did you know this and what and what might that be if you could share with us yeah um i'd love to share some of that stuff i mean there's a lot of stuff you know any player i don't care if you're aaron aaron donald or if you're jj watt you know there's everyone has stuff they need to work on i i think this year um goals of mine are to be uh you know more technical pass rusher uh, you know rely more on technique um and I, I think you know the adjustments i made with with coach herbert and just you know off-season workouts i, I think um I think you'll see more of that side um, uh, being shifting more into that leader role, you know, especially uh, with Mo gone and, and being a fifth year senior. Uh, those are kind of the two, two biggest things I, I've, I've shifted towards um, and tried to, you know, add to my game. And, uh, and, you know, a lot of times like you learn from teaching other people and, and I've tried to incorporate that. So um, I'm excited for this year. I'm, I'm optimistic just about, you know, how the defense looks and, um, and I'm optimistic about myself, of course. I, I think um, I, I, looking back to last year, I, 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 you know, some people saw my stats and stuff, and um, it was almost like, oh, you know, that's, that's a lot of stats. I don't know if you could do that again. You might want to go to the NFL. And um, I took it as, you know, it's just like I, I thought it was almost like it wasn't good enough. I, I thought there was a lot of improvements to be had. And, um, you know, I, I see those things, and hopefully we can, you know, not hopefully we're going to correct them this year. And you've talked um, pretty publicly about wanting to be the best defensive end combo, obviously you and, and Rashawn Gary, um, and just about your defense. Yeah. You know, last year you guys, I think, finished number three overall. The year before it was right around one or two. You've been a top-notch defense. Before we start talking about you and Rashawn, just where do you think this defense 
can improve with with the performances you've had over the last couple of years? I think there's definitely improvements to be had. I think, you know, third down defense, we were one of the best in the country last year, and uh, that really helped keep our, a lot of our stats low because, you know, people were having a hard time getting long drives when they were just getting three and out. Um, but what I think somewhere we can definitely improve is, you know, when they we don't get a three and out is, uh, you know, especially later in the game, uh, you know, making sure we don't let people score in the second half and fourth quarter. Um, you know, one of our goals is, you know, keep, points out the board in the third quarter because um, it's just like right after half it kind of sets the tempo um, you know definitely more emphasis on that and I think the strength coaches are applying that as well uh, to make sure that you know we're, we're finishing that's been a point of emphasis so when we talk about you and Rashawn what makes you make that statement that says we could be the best defensive end combo in college football this year I mean, I, I'm with him every day. I, like, I know uh, what he's capable of, and he knows what I'm capable of. Uh, we've played, you know, two solid years, you know, right next to each other, uh, kind of in the same position. I was older, but, you know, he came in as a freshman, was a rotational player just like me. Um, and we, we just know, um, you know, it's not something you feel. It's just it, – it's just – it's inherent and almost like the way we're out there. We know that, uh, you know – in our hearts at, at the end of the day, the only people that are going to be able to beat us is ourselves. Um, and that's just, that's just how we feel. If, you know, anybody feels differently, they're welcome to come and try to prove us wrong. But, um, you know, we're, we're having fun doing it and, uh, yeah, we're just going to keep working. So when you lose a guy like uh, Mo Hurst, who's a leader, who's a guy that, uh, obviously was a great player, all American. When you look in that room and you look down the line, who are the guys that have stepped up in your mind and, and are playing extremely well? And how do you replace a guy like Mohurst? Think about this defensive line. I think there's a lot of guys uh, that care, and I'm not, you know, going to be bad mouthing anybody. Uh, but you know, it's not always that way across a defense. You know, like a lot of times you'll have guys where you're just like, you know, this guy, you know, doesn't really care what happens to you. Or, um, but like specifically focused on the defensive line, I think there's a lot of people. Uh, you know, on that, that defense that, you know, that care. Um, and for me, you know, as a guy that, you know, likes to be viewed as someone that, that, that gives a damn, um, you know, that, that means a lot. And guys that stepped up, I mean, specifically, uh, you know, guys that are under me, you know, like Quiddy, uh, down to the, you know, almost like, what the public perceives at least is like danger balky like you know people are, are buying in uh carlo camp especially is, is somebody that like uh, you know i i look at him last year and uh just physically how much you know weaker he looked and now he looks like a a grown man almost um and another one is is michael dwarm for um he, yeah he's, he's really coming to his own and i think mentally you know he's starting to turn that edge um, which I, I was in the same spot whenever I was playing tight end and switched to uh, defensive end. I kind of made that that mental switch, and you, you, I think people around me kind of felt that, um, and just like we feel that for him. So there's a lot of positives there. And you talk about the physical change in, in some of these guys that you see, um, and, and you're around them every day, so when you see a physical change, it's a, it's a pretty dramatic difference. How much do you think Ben Herbert and his new staff has, has had a hand in that? Yeah, it, this is always a tough question because – um, you know, you never want to badmouth anybody. And uh, I, I personally felt like the old strength coaches, you know, I think they helped me a lot, uh, you know, get into the place I wanted to be. Um, but, but, you know, and everyone has their own styles. But for like Coach Herbert, I mean, he's, he's legit. And uh, I don't really need to, 
uh, say too much whenever you can you could look and you could see the results and um, you know we got a lot of we don't have a lot of little boys around here we you know it's some growing dogs so um, you're just gonna have to watch because it, it's gonna be different I promise that I want to go down a, a list of names and and just tell me a little bit about what what they mean to you or, or what comes to your mind first when I when I say the name Jim Harbaugh I think someone that Whenever I think of Jim Harbaugh, I think of someone that's extremely passionate, uh, and you know something that I admire with myself uh, is you know I, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win, um, and I, I think he gets that like he can adapt. You know, he's not someone that's going to be uh, stagnant if he if he finds that doing something that's so much of this like eventually you know he's gonna he's gonna change. He's gonna adapt. He's gonna uh, think outside the box. Like if he has to open up a little bit and be more receptive to what players are telling him. Uh, like, I think he'll do that. You know, he's done that. Um, he's, he's willing to do whatever it takes. And, uh, that's almost like the, you know, one of the biggest compliments I can give to anybody. And he's, he's a great man too. He's, uh, he's somebody that will always have your back. So Greg Madison, coach Madison, you know, the, the reason I came to Michigan, um, I love that guy to death. He, uh, there's, it's been interesting my time with with coach Madison because uh you know especially when you're like just starting out and he, he knows you're you're so moldable and um he's just he's so passionate about what he does and he's so knowledgeable um you know that when he corrects you uh it sometimes doesn't feel like you know he's yelling at you rather he almost takes this like you feel bad because you're like letting your father down or something, <laughs> right. you know, you'd rather like, he yell at you. You'd rather him yell. Like when he gets mad, <laughs> it's like yell. one thing, but he's just like, come on, man. Or like, you, you just like leave the meeting room. And you, like, I just remember like, you know, two years ago, like there was one point I left the meeting room and like he had laid into me after this practice. And I, I mean, why I went to the meeting thudding, thought that I would, you know, had a decent day. And, uh, yeah, like I said, he laid into me, I call my, uh, I think I call my parents up and I was just like, listen, I don't know why I ever played football in the first place. Like I, I suck. <laughs> uh, like I felt, I felt so bad. Like my, I would never like, I don't think felt lower about my self-confidence. Uh, but like, that's just how passionate and how knowledgeable he is. And, uh, I want to be half the football player I am without him. So Don Brown. Yeah. Coach Brown is one of those guys too, where it's like, um, he's just somebody you never want to disappoint, uh, you know, between him and coach Madison, if either of those guys left for me, it would have been a no brainer just to, to head to the NFL. But, um, under their tutelage, like I think I can continue learning and, uh, becoming a better football player. And I'm confident, uh, and thankful for their, uh, their expertise at, you know, every day. And, um, it's just, they're just great relationships to have. You, you don't come in and, uh, and, and it's not something you dread, you know, sometimes I think in life and, you know, historically I, I've, I've dreaded coming to meetings with certain people and, um, it's just not that way with them. I, I they make football, uh, even more fun for me. So now Don Brown, we saw him on, on the prime series and, and we've seen him a lot of different different situations and and on on this side he's got some great quotes yeah and and my favorite is solve your problems with violence yeah and you know being a former offensive lineman i think that's the only way to go about it 
comment on that one, but also does he have a favorite of yours? Yeah, he does. So uh, he'll bring us up before games, uh, you know, with his like cool, ass, cool Boston accent. Uh, <laughs> I just slipped there. Uh, he'll bring us up and uh, he'll, you know, the whole defense will be right there and uh, he'll conclude his speech, which will already be awesome. So he'll already have you on edge. Um, and then he'll like, he'll open his eyes real wide, you know, stare at everyone. And uh, he just yells, smash anything that moves. <laughs> and uh, like, I kid you not, like, I don't know why, like I'm, I will run through a, a steel wall, steel beamed, reinforced concrete wall. It does not matter. Um, there, anything you put in front of me after I hear, hear those words from that man. So, um, and you know, you know, solve your problems with aggression. It's it's plastered on our our defensive meeting room, um, and obviously means a lot to us. And and I think that has, you know, a lot to say about his uh, mantra and um, just how he goes about his business. And um, he, he's a heck of a man and a heck of a coach. And when you look at this football schedule coming up, you're at Notre Dame, you're at Michigan State, you're at Ohio State. A lot of people will say this schedule is too hard. What do you say to them? And and as you approach it, I mean, I'm excited about going to South Bend. Yeah. I, I know you guys got to be. It's it's a great opportunity. Right. Uh, that's kind of like two full questions. I want to go break ahead. It up. But uh, f- for the Notre Dame part, it's just like, I mean, our first op- you know, our first objective as a team, uh, and I'm going to make sure you know other people know that is to win camp. Because if you don't win camp, it, it's going to be impossible to beat Notre Dame. Uh, but once we get to Notre Dame, I mean, uh, that'll already have been won or lost. You know, in my mind, at least, it's like, um, have we done properly the work? You know, in the winter and the summer, and I, I think we've we've accomplished that. I, I think we've we've checked those boxes. Now it's uh, the final piece is is having a great camp and preparing for these guys. At the end of the day, it's not going to be easy. Uh, it's going to be a tough fight for sure. For uh, for those guys, they're you know we're not we're not going to give them nothing. When you look across the uh, the line of scrimmage uh, during spring ball, um, is there something that you see different about this offensive line than you've seen in previous years? And I'm not talking about personnel. I'm just talking about their their identity. Right, and that's the thing is like I, I think they're really starting. You know, last year they were young, and and I don't think they really uh, you know took as much of a mold. Uh, but I think this year they're they're starting to come into their own, and that has a lot to say with Coach Herbert, who's who's almost taken uh, the offensive line in the weight room under his wing. Um, one thing I, I did notice, and I, I think fans should be pretty excited about, because it was it was almost relieving for me, because you know I'm, even though I'm a defensive guy, I, I I want our offense and need our offense mm-hmm. to do well. Um, but one thing I noticed was it didn't seem like there was as many lapses in uh, in protection. It didn't seem like there were so many times where, you know, I'd, I'd just come free in the middle, uh, you know, or on the outside and just nobody would block me. It seemed like um, even if I would win, it seemed like at least someone was trying to block me. Right. Um, and I, I think that's a, a crucial step is putting people in the right positions and having them know, uh, you know, know where they got to be, when they got to be there. Um, and just knowing the scheme, you know, the offense and protection. So I think uh, I think they're doing a great job. As we finish up with Chase Winovich, when this season is over and you leave Michigan, what do you think your legacy will be and, and what do you want it to be? Uh, how do you want people to remember you here at, at Michigan? That's a tough question. I, I try not to get too wrapped up in, uh, in you know, in that stuff because, you know, you get so caught up in the present. But – 
um, I really hope, you know, and I, I that's kind of out of my hands how people remember me, but I, I hope uh, people remember me as someone that has given everything they had to Michigan, um, you know, has been uh, devoted and, you know, almost like a, a weird relation, you know, almost like a weird relationship, but uh, yeah, has de- been devoted and um, sacrificed, you know, a, a decent amount, you know, especially my body uh, toward, mm-hmm. <laughs> towards towards sure. just like anybody that plays football, but um, towards this game and in, in this university and, uh, and has bought into the mission of, uh, you know, what I believe Michigan should be in the level of excellence that they should perform at. And I hope at the end of the season, when we, we look back, um, I could walk away and, and, and I'm going to say, you know what, I, I, I've, part, I've partaken in this, you know, me and this group of guys set out on this mission and we accomplished it. And I think like just that feeling alone, uh, let alone, you know, outside, you know, outside support and recognition of it uh, would be a lot for me. Well, I appreciate your time, Chase, and uh, I look forward to, uh, to seeing you play in 2018. Really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Tyree Cannell is with me now on In the Trenches. Are you excited to go to Chicago, as excited as I am to get to Chicago and get this thing going? I'm definitely excited to be to Chicago to, uh, you know, be one of the seniors to represent the team. It was an honor but with Coach Harbaugh selecting me and uh, the other guys with Karan and Chase. So um, I'm excited to be there. I actually never been to Chicago, so I can't wait. When you get there, what's the message that you want to let the media and the rest of the Big Ten know? You know, that, that we're a different team than last year. We uh, are proven in a, in a lot of areas, offensively, defensively, and special teams. Um, we had a great spring. We've had a, um, a great uh, offseason with Coach Herb, and uh, he's getting us, you know, in well-conditioned, getting us stronger, and we're just excited to get back on the field. And, and you talk about the excitement about getting on the field. What's, what excites you most about this upcoming football season? It's just a new team, you know, new guys. You know, we've got a lot of young guys coming in. You know, I've uh, been playing with some of the guys for the last three years. And uh, I'm just ready to, you know, just get out there without the, with the guys and, you know, start competing and, and uh, get ready for Notre Dame. When Coach Harbaugh recruited you, obviously there's – I went through the recruiting process. There's a lot of promises. There's a lot of things that they talk about. What's it been like since you've been on campus? What's Coach like? What's he like to play for? Oh, he's a great guy to play for. You know, he's uh, he's always going to bring high energy every single day, and he's he expects that out of us. So, you know, we come in every day and just try to get better, and he tries to get better as a as a coach and as a person. You know, he's a, definitely a player's coach. He definitely looks out for us. He tries to see the best in us, and we try to see the best in him. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's excited to be around and a good guy to, to uh, play underneath. Now, we saw Coach Brown on on the Amazon series we've seen him on the sidelines what's it like behind closed doors with a guy with that much passion and emotion but yet still the great ability to teach his players I mean what Amazon scene was mild you know there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot that goes on behind the doors as well so you know it's, it's great because he's the same guy he, he comes and brings his energy every day it's never going to lack and you'll never see that from him he's going to get after us and, he, and like you said the teaching wise he's a great teacher he's going to break everything down to you the best way we could see it the way we could do it and you know that's the most important thing is you know teaching the the aspect of football. Now, you just mentioned that what was on Amazon was was mild. Uh, and I'm going to put you on the spot right now. What's your your best Don Brown story that you can share? I know some of them aren't shareable, but what's when you think about Don Brown, what's the one moment over the last couple of years that you think that's 
that's what Don Brown is. I think it was the the second day in camp last year, and uh, it didn't get aired. But um, it's a good and bad thing because the defense didn't have a good day that day, and it, it was really bad. And he just brought the whole defense up together after practice, and I, I believe it was the the second or third day in camp, and he just he just let it go. He, you know, he ripped us, and he kept going. And it, it, we, I seen the passion in his eyes and in his voice that I knew what type of guy he was. You know, it wasn't a good practice, and he let us know about it, but. It was like a bigger story behind behind his yelling was that he's serious and that he loves us and he wants us to to win. So it, that was just one of the the main parts I've ever seen uh, uh, out of him, and it was just a great learning experience. You guys have had a lot of success, even going back to when when Coach Durkin was here, then Coach Brown the last couple of years. What can the defense improve on from the last couple of years and, and the great performances that you've had to this 2018 season? I think just putting through a complete game, you know, we, we, we come out we come out hard, fast, and fiery in the beginning of the games, and, and sometimes, you know, th- there's a collapse, you know, in, in our defense that we know we might let up a touchdown that we shouldn't have, and I, I think that's what we're improving on this year, and, you know, we're going to, you know, fly around, play hard, uh, and, and just be excited, you know, that we get to be with each other, and I think we're going to be a lot better this year in, in every aspect. Is there pressure knowing that, Okay, two years ago we were, you know, a top one or two ranked defense. Last year we were a top three and, and top defense most of the season that you have to perform at or above that level. I don't feel like there's pressure. I feel like it's expected, especially with the guys coming back. You know, a lot of us started last year for the first time. And now we got that starting year under our belt. Now now it's more expected. I don't, I don't feel like it's pressure. I feel like we could be a lot better than we were last year. Like I said, there was a couple collapses that we had throughout the year. And, uh, you know, we're just ready to you know go back out there and show everyone what we could do and, you know, and uh, leave less points up on the board. Now, when you line up at the safety position, you look forward and, and you see names like Winovich and Gary and Bush, and you look to your sides, you got Long and Hill, and, and you know, and there's a lot of other names in there, but do having that type of talent around you and in front of you, does that allow you to be a little bit more aggressive on the back end? Yeah, definitely. You know, there, there's some plays where I'll just take a couple steps in my back pedal and the play's already over because Chase or Rashawn, they have a sack already. You know, it makes my job a lot easier. And, you know, we, we just try to make their job easier as well. You know, give them time to get to the quarterback by covering our guys and, and you know, staying in coverage as long as we can and hold on to our guys. So it's definitely um, great playing around these guys, you know, especially with David Long and LeVert Hill at the corner spots. You know, you know they're going to, you know, take their number one guy away and you don't got to worry, worry about that much of the field. So um, everything everything is good, you know, when we play with, with great people around us. It makes everyone better. I'm with Tyree Kennel. When you get off the plane coming back from the bowl game, all right, you guys know you're going to have a new strength and conditioning coach. Then you're introduced to Ben Herbert, the, the new strength and conditioning coach. What was your initial impression of, of Coach Herbert? It was great. You know, I, I knew he was a serious guy. And, you know, he's a high-tempo guy, and he was going to get after it just by shaking his hand and looking him in his eyes the very first time when I met him. And then, you know, getting around his staff. His staff is great. And, you know, they're doing good things here already, and they're making a lot of improvements and changes in our body. And we can see it. Um, you know, it's, it's great you know, to have them here and to work in this offseason and get us ready for the season. Now, a lot of people know that there's been changes in terms of uh, the facilities here at Schembechler Hall. You guys moved into a new weight room. There's there's new turf in the big house. There's there's all of these things going on, um, you know. And you've got nutritionists, you got medical staff, you got all this stuff. When when you look at the changes, even since you've been here in three years, what do you think is is the biggest change to just the facilities, and and what gives you an advantage having those facilities? 
You know, the weight room is definitely nice. You know, um, it's it's huge now. It's a lot more equipment, a lot more to do. You know, I think that's an advantage for us, especially in recruiting. You know, all those recruits get in and see that weight room that is top notch in the in the country and everything else. You know, like you said, with trainers, training room, nutritionists, everything that's getting changed is for the better. So everything's good, and we're just trying to prove everything in the football program. What are your personal goals? going into you know everybody says yeah we want to win a big 10 championship win a national championship we know those what are your personal goals going into to 2018 you know to to be better than i was last year uh i want to you know work on my man coverage and I, th- I think i've gotten a lot better since last year and especially in spring with coach parchers uh, you know, teaching me and learning new things from him, you know, breaking out the post faster, break. Uh, you're definitely going to see improvement in that this year with my man coverage and getting out the post. I'm um, excited to uh, show my skills there. And I, I just also just want to win. You know, I want to win every game. I want to be able to play for the Big Ten Championship. I want to beat Ohio State. I want to beat Michigan State. I want to beat Penn State. I want to I want to win at Michigan. And uh, this is my last year to do it, so I'm excited. When you look at the schedule, a lot of critics will say, you open up at Notre Dame. You've got Michigan State on the road. You've got Ohio State on the road. Um, yeah, you might have Wisconsin and, and Penn State at home, but but we know what happened last year. A lot of people will say, hey, there's a lot of talent at Michigan, but with that schedule, it's, it's just too much. What do you say to the critics? Well, I mean, we, we've shown that we could win on the road against Michigan State. We went there a couple years and, and beat them at their place. And, you know, we, we were seconds away from beating Ohio State at their place last year. You know, um, so – we, we know we could go on the road and win, and, and we know we could protect home field. We just got to put it all together through a whole season. And uh, we've uh, shown that we can win the, the opener, and we got to do that against Notre Dame as well. When you guys are just sitting around without the coaches and it's just the guys, you guys talk about winning a Big Ten championship. Is that something that, that you verbalize, or is it just something you guys think about and, and don't really converse? It's both. It's every single day. You know, it gets brought up in the locker room. Um, you know, we're reminded by, you know, every time we hit the field and we see the banners above us and, you know, and then everyone, you know, they think about it with themselves. You know, every single day I think about it myself and I just visualize all the success that we can have this year and, and individual success I can have. So everyone thinks about it, you know, especially when you play for Michigan. It, it, you, it, something's wrong if you're not thinking about a Big Ten championship or, or beating Ohio State or Michigan State. Now, when you look across to the other side in spring ball and you see Shea Patterson, you see uh, – uh, Peters and, and, and McCaffrey and, and those guys developing on the other side. Is there anything different about what you saw in spring with this offense that that you didn't see in previous years? Yeah, definitely. They definitely have a swag to themselves, you know, especially just, just starting with the quarterbacks, you know, uh, with Shea and, and Brandon Peters and Joe and McCaffrey. They, they are, are playing hard and fast and and, you know, it starts with them, and then it goes down to the receivers. It's contagious to the running backs at the offensive line, and they're playing faster, they're stronger. So I'm definitely excited for the offense this year, and uh, everything's going to work out, work itself out with, the you know, who who win the jobs in, in camp. Tyree Kinnell uh, with us today on In the Trenches. I want you to leave me with one final thought. What does leadership mean to you now that you're going to be a senior here? You come in as a freshman, you kind of – everybody thinks they know – they're going to be successful. They know all of these things. And then you see how it's supposed to be done here at Michigan. What do you, what, how has your view of leadership changed now that you're a senior? 
You know, I, I think he's just doing things the right way. You know, every time I grew up and there was a new senior group, you know, they led the right way by, you know, they're not always hooping, hollering, and yelling at you. They're they're leading by example. They're doing the right things. They're going to class. They're, you know, they're doing the right things off the field. They're making sure they're on time in meetings, you know. They're taking that young guy off to the side, you know, talking to him, teaching him. And, and that's what I've been trying to do this off season, just trying to get everybody together, you know, as a team and, and work hard. You know, I'm not a hooping, hollering guy. I just like to, you know, lead by example and uh you know I'm always there for the young guys if they need me I look forward to the trip to Chicago and I look forward to seeing you on the field here uh coming up soon appreciate it let's hop into the football time machine here's another edition of story time with John Jansen training camp brings so many stories to mind it meant seeing buddies again playing football in the hope of a new season this was true every year from 1995 to the present However, that was not the case as I walked into South Quad in 1994. I was still filled with excitement because I was realizing a dream of going to Michigan and being a member of the football team, a dream that only 22 new recruits would realize that year. I walked in with guys like Chris Howard, Chris Floyd, Scott Dreisbach, Jeremy Tooman, Mark Campbell, Andre Weathers, and everyone else in our class. 18-year-old kids that had always been, always the biggest, best athletes on their respective teams. And you look around and you see guys that walk by like Matt Dyson, Jason Horn, Ty Law, John Runyon, Trizel Jenkins, aptly named Tree. 20 to 22-year-old men that had spent their time at Michigan training to get bigger, faster, and stronger. And you realize the gap between an 18-year-old freshman and an upperclassman was extremely large. Every kid arrives thinking they will eventually be superstars and destined to be first-round draft picks. I can guarantee you one thing, to the man. There are moments when you think, I better dedicate myself and focus on the student part of student-athlete because how could I possibly block, tackle, or compete with guys that size. However, that wasn't my biggest fear. I quickly heard the chance of the football team, and I wondered what could possibly be going on. Before I knew it, they had randomly selected one of the freshmen from my class to stand on a chair in South Quad, in the dining room. We would individually be selected to introduce ourselves to our new teammates, coaches, recruiting staff, They all knew us, but they wanted to hear it in our words. They'd shout out, what's your name? Where are you from? What position do you play? And they'd shout it out all at the same time. You didn't know where it was coming from. When it was my time, I never thought I could possibly forget my name or the hometown that I had grown up in my entire life. After I blurted out some some kind of nonsense, they would ask us to share a song. It couldn't be the victors, couldn't be your high school fight song. It had to be something popular on the radio. My song was The Devil Went Down to Georgia. But the best part of my story is that I was so nervous. I knew this song forwards and backwards. But I knew if I struggled with my name in my hometown, I was surely going to struggle with the names or, or with the words of this song. 
So I thought I could somehow cheat the system. And I had I always wore a baseball cap. I always wore a baseball cap backwards. And on the inside, underneath part of my baseball cap, I wrote the words to the devil went down to Georgia, thinking that when I got up there with my hat on, all of the, all the upperclassmen would tell me to take my hat off because you weren't allowed to wear your hat when you were eating. It's disrespectful. And so they would tell me to take my hat off. As I took my hat off, I would hold it in front of me. If I started to sing, I would have the words right in front of me. But as many of you, if you've ever done public speaking, know that when you are reading something, even if you put inflection in your voice, a lot of times it still sounds like you're reading something. And as I began to sing, it sounded exactly like I was reading the words off of something. Rod Payne, our center, had come up and grabbed my hat, looked inside the hat and found that I had written the words to The Devil Went Down to Georgia by the Charlie Daniels Band on the inside of my hat. I was instantly asked to step down and I would have another opportunity to sing at a later time. Fortunately for me, I had avoided this situation almost all of training camp. Training camp was going to be over in a couple of days, and as training camp ended, so did the singing. I was not asked to get back up. I had made it through training camp, my first training camp, and as I look back on that moment, on that training camp, it was a way for us to find out about our team members, guys that we would spend almost every minute of the day with. You'd go to class with them. You'd eat every meal with them. You would rest in the, in the same areas they were resting. You'd practice. You'd watch film. You'd go to study table. You'd live with them for four to five years. And I look back, and I've got a lot of great memories made on the field, but a lot more, including this one, was made off it. This brings us to the end of our first episode on In the Trenches. I want to thank Chase Winovich, Karan Higdon, Tyree Cannell for sharing their time and thoughts with me. We will have one episode a week until the season begins throughout training camp. When the season starts, we will have two episodes, one released on Sunday, recapping the game, going over what went right, what went wrong, and celebrating 12 victories this year in the regular season. And we'll also have our regular Wednesday release. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with more from In the Trenches. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of In the Trenches with John Jansen. In the Trenches with John Jansen is an exclusive presentation of IMG, America's home for college sports. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. 
Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. All state vehicle and property insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.